the move. Blasted towards goal. Cenku Jack got it there. Cenku Jack's first goal in AFL footy. He looks brilliant. Wingard. Spinning move was superb. How good that time to look over his shoulder. Jack Wingard, brilliant. Simply brilliant. That Brockman by hand. More, more. Bends it. Nails it. The Hawks are up by three goals. Grabs the jumper. Hello and welcome to the Hawthorne Fancast. We are back after a week off. I'm James, boy, joined by Matt. And it hasn't just been a week off. It's been a couple of weeks off, hasn't it? Yeah, we didn't really want to review the uh, port game, to be honest with you. We no. ran out of time and we were just like, you know what, we'll, we'll shelf that one. I mean, it was look, it was a good game probably to review just because it was a tale of two halves. But I, I wasn't really sure to, what to make of that second half, especially regarding that, you know, it was a bit maybe junk timing. I mean, poor guy at such a lead. So we, we decided to come back for this week and we particularly chose this day, James, because the Sicily decision has just come through. Talk and me don't get me started. So we obviously saw last week it got upheld and we appealed again and tonight, and it was about an hour and 50 minutes they were deliberating and it almost seemed like were they out the back playing a game of Uno for that long, already knowing what the decision was going to be, just pretend they were deliberating or I don't know, Matt, because... We had a fair few strong cases put forward. Last week, we had a, a bloody scientist come in and they they went... Fire <laughs> canister. That's it. And they didn't listen to the science. So, uh, I don't know what we could have said that hadn't been said. I think the whole AFL world is shocked by this. He just committed a football act, mm. um, won a free kick off it. And I, I think... I don't see... I don't think anyone has ever got three weeks for winning a free kick that's holding the ball. Who would have thought the AFL have neglected common sense and science, eh? <laughs> don't don't even get me started. Well, what were your thoughts on it? Oh, it was a shocker, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, how can you get paid a free kick on the day and get three weeks more than most players get? Like, what were the examples brought up? Like, elbows to the face and, like, yeah. shoulder charges? That one by... Was it Pickett earlier in the year? That's ridiculous. It, it's absolutely a farce on the AFL. And, look, all you need to go to do is go on any of the socials major pages and not even hawks fans everyone is literally saying rip afl afl is dead the game's soft let's play netball well you're right you mentioned kasaya pickett who missiled into bailey smith early in the season speaking of speaking of pickett's marlon pickett decided (laughs) to steal stuff and only got a win (laughs) wait you commit a few robberies not even by the afl by the club yeah Yeah, he'll be going to an actual tribunal soon (laughs) a few robberies in the off season supreme tribunal court (laughs) and then on the weekend i saw uh well it was yesterday actually or whenever carlton played uh matty cottrell did a ddt on some bloke and Pretty much, like, just drove him into the floor one week. So, <laughs> look, Carlton don't have great control of their club, but they're lawyers. <laughs> they've got at least they've got one backroom staff sorted out, mate. Mate, there's Quick been a couple you? of rumours who were were um, into trade period, we're into Jake Riccardi, but uh, I think we should be into Carlton's lawyers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just get them into the club. Yeah, they're, they're, they're beginning off scot free, and uh, I, I was seeing the other day we've had three bands this year. Uh, or three different players. We got Brockman for one, we had Dave for two, and Sicily for three, which is more than the usual average. Is just a one-week ban. So, yeah. I don't know what's going on right now, but this is ridiculous that Sicily got three weeks. Everyone can see the common sense behind it. I mean, let's just go through the incident for a second. You do a diving tackle. Yeah. You grab the guy by his hips. Your momentum takes you down. you got Tyler Brockman doing a dolphin <laughs> dive over your shoulder. Literally. 
And he pulls we, him on top of him too. Like he, <laughs> he, he, he was careful in the way that he put McCluggage to ground. Like but the momentum could he was too done? strong enough. What could he done? Like let him go mid tackle. Well, and then Sam Mitchell brings him to the bench and starts fucking yelling yeah. at him and does a Clark. I puts a hole through a wall. Like <laughs> <laughs> back on the pine. He's, he's yeah. missing three weeks for a different reason. Oh. Yeah. oh, it's ridiculous. And these people, they clearly aren't football people. They have no idea how the game actually works. A split second moment decision. There was no malice or intent to injure whatsoever. It was obviously horrible what happened McCluggage. None of us like to see it. We were at the game. We saw him do his 20-minute walk Ugh. across the boundary, which I don't know why they turned down the stretcher for him to just walk off. It was an interesting ploy, I reckon. Well, he went, he went past the change rooms, and that's when the booze started. He's, he's walked all the way around the ground, yeah, um, not to go to the bench, but to go down the ramp to the rooms. And he walks past the ramp. And then keeps going to the yeah. bench like, oh, for fuck's sake. This was like a time-wasting tactic, I thought, for Brisbane to just kind of gain momentum yeah, back. Yeah, you think it was a, as a bit of a tactic. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, obviously we feel bad for McCluggage, but Jesus, that was a bit of a an interesting you know, decision to stop the game for 20 minutes. Yeah. And look, we were, I was at the game. I didn't really even notice it, to be honest. I just thought it was a good tackle. And then I noticed well, him lying on the play, floor. Play went on for a little bit after. And yeah. then I looked back and McCluggage on the floor. And I'm like, yeah. dude, what happened over there? And even on the big screen at the time, I thought it was literally Brocky that had caused it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the different angle showed a bit differently. But like as Sisley put it, I think he said, it felt like I was in a washing machine. Yeah. I'm like, it would. Because you got oh, everyone's flying around, stuff like that. And look, I, I, I think what gets me the most is it's football. Like, it's a contact sport. Like, yeah. you go out on the ground every day, any player, and they run the risk of getting injured. For just freak accidents and tackles like that, I mean, it's contact. So, people are going to get injured. So, and the AFL is taking this stance clearly to defend themselves against these, uh, you know, allegations or, I guess, uh, yeah. when the game is sued by past players getting head injuries. But, geez, it's taking the game too far now. I think the scary thing now is that they've now set a president and... There's going to be on the Eva final, someone's going to do a Sicily like tackle, get rubbed, get robbed uh, of a premiership medal because yeah, that is the right. president they've now set that's for right. tackles like that. They'll be out for three weeks, could yeah. potentially miss the grand final. Um, this will definitely have cascading effects yeah. on the rest of the competition. I mean, or it goes the other way where the AFL dismiss their decision against Sicily, say the players have adapted and that there was no intent or careless involved and they actually get off now. But then I'd be surprised what happens with Hawthorne because yeah. I, if I was Hawthorne I'd be coming and saying hang on for our incident you gave us three weeks and for future incidents you're not going to give any weeks that's ridiculous at least I overturn it I can't see them not setting a precedent now that if you tackle someone and their head gets hit their head hits the ground they get concussed you're going to get three weeks but what I, ta- what I said to you before even the podcast we were, before we started filming I said I hope this an Essendon player or something, yeah. some, some one of those teams we hate getting into finals does a tackle like this. Of course, I never wish an injury on anyone. I'm just saying. And it's identical to Sicily's, and they get three weeks, they get rubbed out for the rest of the final series. Yeah. Then we'll see how the AFL react to that. Because I honestly, I reckon, you know, a bit of a bottom dweller side mid season, they're just like, yeah, three weeks is fine. Well, there's no ramifications, is there? Right. For, for, there's for nothing. the AFL, for, yeah. for fans, it's not like we're a finals contending side that it would really derail our season. No. Nah. If we were pushing for finals. That's and we're right. That well, we're lucky we aren't pushing for finals. Look, we'll get it obviously into upper analysis later on, but without Sicily, we're going to be... Struggling. We're going to be vulnerable yeah. for the next three weeks against, you know, three teams we could potentially really beat. For sure. And Matt, I know you're not a lawyer, but would you take this to the Supreme Court? If yeah, you were Hawthorne, uh, would you 100%. Take for, for the sake of the game. Yeah. Not, not necessarily for the sake of Hawthorne, because as I said, you know, if Sicily doesn't play, we probably get a better draft pick. If he does play then 
you know, we sneak a couple of spots up because we get a couple extra wins. So, at the end of the day, I don't think it matters too much for us. I feel sorry for Sicily because these players, I mean, we have to remember this is their full-time job. Yeah. They wait all year to play these seasons. This is where they make their money. This is where they play the game. a game through suspension so as well. four games already, and yeah. that's not even counting what else he could maybe accumulate in other games. I mean, the first one was fair. The, yeah, 100%. The shoulder hit, but this one was just ridiculous. One week I would have been happy with. Any more than that, I was. I thought it was a fast. And three weeks, I just think it's ridiculous. Well, it was a blip in what was a 25-point win, a four-quarter effort, apart That's from right. a little bit of a lapse in the, late in the second quarter where we yeah. got a run on. But otherwise, well, the better side and probably could have even won by more. I agree. Those red time goals are a bit rubbish. I don't think that was really our fault of our own. I don't think they were peppering us or anything like that. No. I think we just leaked a couple of easy balls through. But otherwise, you're right. Pretty much a perfect day for the Browning Gold. We loved it. First win at the G for a while for us. Yeah, it's good to get um, down there. So memorable. And they're one of those wins that we're going to look back in time when, when we're back up the ladder and be like, oh, we were there as a struggling club and that was the start of something. Almost reminiscent to that was Clarko's first win was against Brisbane at the G with the young stars, with Buddy and Hodge and Ruffy and all that getting there. Well, it was Buddy and Ruffy and Lewis's first win for the club. And that was over yep. Brisbane in, in, a, in a similar like performance so maybe it'll be kind of deja vu uh with us but i mean we had a good win against saints a few weeks ago we had a good win against brisbane there's shades of really good signs coming and and no better than i mean this could pretty much segue us into our three votes but none better than c-mac having a breakout game that we've all and especially me have been waiting for yeah yeah you've you've um obviously i'll let you talk a little about c-mac because You've had huge raps on him since the start. I have too. I think he's a very mercurial talent. I just want him to get more involved in the game, which was no fault of his own. I mean, he gets pushed out of the midfield because of our plethora of mids really playing yep. in there right now. But, geez, he took his opportunity well. 28 touches, two goals, 19 pressure acts, which is the second most on the ground. So, he's working really well two ways now. Yeah. He's got some talent, serious talent. And I think the thing I love most about C-Mac is you get sort of your bang for buck each disposal he yeah. takes. It's not just racking him up for no reason. There was one of those games where he had so many touches and every single one of them just turned to gold or they created yeah. something. It was just super impactful. And and as you said, worked both ends of the ground. So he set up a lot of goals, but not only did he do that, he was at the start of chains as well in, the, in our defensive 15. He'd just be able to work. And a few weeks ago, I was being like, oh, how can we get C-Mac in the middle at some centre bounces. I think that's going to be the most impactful part of his game. But I actually really liked him on the outside. I feel like his spread was really good. Um, he, he's definitely good at the top of the 50 at half forward as well. He's just that link of the chain. You know how we get to around the forward 50 and that's where we struggle? Yeah. And we, we might stuff up. That's where C-Mac's at his best is when we're about to go inside 50, get it to C-Mac. Uh, and he's just a good user by ball and, and if that's the base of what we're going to see of him in the next few seasons then get excited yeah I agree I mean obviously his skills are really enhanced on the outside but I think this new handball happy hawk style we're suits going with him. right now really suits him because he's getting into these chains yeah I think the I guess idea about him putting him in the middle was just to get his hands on the footy more but now we're really realizing that we just need to get the ball in his hands on the outside because he went to box hill Dominated in that one game he went back and then got put straight back as a sub again. And then he was pretty much a super sub for two weeks. So he's locked in his spot now. Now we've got to figure out how to use him because he's a weapon. Yeah. And we've known that for a while, just about him bringing it together. But that's the thing. And you, you say he's a weapon. 
I think the reason I've always been so excited about C-Mac is he just seems to have the most potential out of that young draft crop. We, you named the Wards and the oh, McKenzie's Weddle. and the oh, Weddle's probably up there too. But C-Mac, the class just oozes off him. And, yeah. and I know the players were talking about it in his first preseason. I think they even came out during the week and, and said something similar that like they could just see it. And they've all the players have been waiting for him to put this type of performance together because you can just see the talent. And, and he right. had a similar performance. It wasn't quite complete in the preseason game against Collingwood uh, this year. He had, a, he had a really good game in that game as well. And I'm like, oh, he's going to break out any second. And we've, it's taken till mid-season, but let's just hope it's not a one-off for now and he keeps putting in similar performances. Yeah, and it might be. I mean, he's still a young boy. We've got to remember yep. that. And he's going to have his off days. And I can't imagine a player like that having a great game when we're down. No. So it obviously it came in a win. Um, so as that team starts getting better, I reckon we're going to see a lot more of him. As with any player, they look better in a winning team than they do in a losing team. But, yeah, great game by C-Mac. So we had him as our MVP. Who did you have? Who did you give your two votes to? Tell you what, I wasn't far off putting Newcomb as my number one because I thought he had a fantastic game. Yeah. Like that third quarter when he really blitzed the game open, I don't remember how much touches he had, but he had... I think he, just, he had 12 in the third quarter. 12 in one quarter yeah. when the chips were... You know, on the table, ready well, to go. Well, that's when the game was there to be won. That's and they right. call it the Premiership quarter, but this really was that tight because, as I said before, Brisbane kicked three on the trot to go in with a lead that they probably didn't deserve, and it was up to us to kind of bring that game back. And, and Newcomb just led from the front in the middle. Didn't yeah, he? I think even, like, something I'm seeing about Newcomb, and I've always thought of him maybe originally as a bit of a hacky sort of player at a contest, but he's got great field kicking. His use was really well. I think he hit, how much times did he hit Mitchell Lewis on the chest? Like, he was fantastic yep. field kicking. Him going inside 50 was was fantastic. So, I, I really rated Newcomb highly. Who did you have as number two? I actually had German Impey. Yeah, very cool. Had 28 disposals at yeah. 86%. Uh, percent. What I found interesting, though, was... So, I just said he had 28 possessions. He had 25 of those were uncontested. Uh-huh. But I feel like that's so positive because it means he's finding space yeah. and creating effective drive of halfback. That's whether right, yeah. He's not a guy that we want to be having contested possessions. We want him to be using his weapons, which is running off the halfback and creating play off there. And I just feel like his leadership and just the way he's playing is that pre-injury Jarman that we had in 2018, 2019, whenever it was. Yeah. Um, super effective. So... Good call. I just feel like he needs... He deserves credit. I don't want it to go under the radar what Jarman's been able to do for us this year, being elevated into the leadership group and just putting in really consistent performances. And I feel like guys like Mitch Lewis that kick goals every week and people that do the flashy stuff kind of overshadow the, the work that we don't really see with jars. That's so, right. We had, we had a few work, work courses on the weekend, yeah. um, especially off that halfback line. Seamus Mitchell was also fantastic. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Jarman. I think he's a player for me that I've sort of taken for granted now this year because he's playing so well. I mean, he'd be up top three in the PCM right now. I don't think he's really had a bad game all year. So, I mean, these are becoming regular, similar to what we talked about Connor Nash a couple of weeks ago. These are becoming regular performances, these 27, 28, 29 touch games and, you know, a bunch of other stats that are really effective as well. I had um I had um Mitch Lewis for my number one vote. Oh, I, yeah. I just think a, a four goal performance again for sure. You know, very he's, consistent. He's been very consistent since coming back. I think he's up there, maybe in the top five in average goals per game this year yeah. from when he's come in. And I just 
think Quentin needs to be a judo player that really seems to be our colossal force that we haven't had since Jared Ruffett, and this guy is going to be a serious player. Well, yeah, I had C-Mac 3, MP2, Newcomb 1. So, yeah, Newcomb as the two. Honourable mentions go to, I thought Lloyd Meek was really strong. Yeah, in the ruck. He, Probably he his good. best game for the club. I love that loopy handball he did yeah. over to Ken McKenzie. I don't think McKenzie ended up making much of that play, but it was a really nice moment. He kicked a good goal as well in yeah, a really important yeah. time. I just feel like he was super effective, and he he's not afraid to just use his body. I was going to mention be that. Be a presence, and I feel like... Meek was really good. Maury also gets an honourable mention. I think the reason he probably didn't make my votes in the end, not only because there's a lot of room, is there was a few chances that he fluffed um, yeah. in important yeah. moments. And that's happened a few times this season for him. So if he gets that out of his game, he'll, he'll be in the votes. And obviously... Finding in, form, though, isn't he again? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Moore's last few games have been really good. Um, and Sisley and Lewis were the other ones that just deserve a little bit of credit as well. For like Sisley was at his best obviously he had the week off before against Port Adelaide and he's about to have another holiday yeah but it was really good yeah we, as well. we missed him when he was off he was uh, he's our little general back there so yeah I also thought Scrimshaw was quite seamlessly slotted in yeah he could, could, could use the it ball and stuff so I was glad to see him back in the team and I hope they they, they find room to keep him in I mean they will now because Sicily's out but it'll be interesting to see who comes in did you him. have any negatives any any players to um, watch I'd say probably Ned Reeves for me yeah. still not doing enough around the ground Good tap Ruckman, but I, I saw a stat the other day that said that he has to advantage don't really make too much of a difference in terms of like scores and stuff. So yeah, I don't think they I do. was like, yeah, he's giving us use, even though he gets smashed in the clearances the weekend, especially stoppage clearances. And Gold Coast are one of the number one clearance teams. So. Yeah, so, uh, I just uh, I'm just waiting for him to add some more to his game because right now he's a liability around the ground. It's like playing with one less player. He's very slow. He doesn't take contested marks very often. He doesn't get on the scoreboard at all. So, yeah, he'll stay in because he's a young ruckman and we're still developing him and we're playing this two ruck quite well. But from an individual perspective, I think he'd be a bit disappointed. I don't have many stats to back this one up, but just on the eye viewing You're going to say Bramble, aren't you? On the game was Bramble. Yeah. I, I feel like, and we're at the game, and just every time he seemed to touch it, didn't work out for him. Every contest he was a part of, he looked like he came off second best and... Yeah, it was just it was just a off game from him that I, I didn't really like. Like every time it came in his direction, I was like, "Oh fuck, here we go." Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I mean, look, I feel bad because I think he's had a pretty good lot of games since. Coming yeah, back he has the a team. good block, and he gets enough of it. As yeah, well. yeah, but he's still fringe. Yeah, 100%. you know, so the, the, he might come out. You know, we'll get into our predictions in a second. So, yeah, should we get into it now? Well, we haven't even talked about Gold Coast to be talking about predictions. All right, well, let's get into the next game. Um, so. No injuries to speak of, but uh, apart from Bruce had a had a cork. No, he'll be fine. Something he'll be fine. Um, and obviously, we're not going to talk about Sicily anymore. Hawthorne v Gold Coast. We haven't been the best travelling side no. this year. We play that on Sunday, four forty at Heritage Bank Stadium. The yeah, graveyard, make us, us wait for it. Aren't the it? graveyard slot. Yeah, after a buy, and then we have to wait a whole round of footy to play again. Um, we'll start with the changes. All right, go on, hit me. So, obviously, Sis is out. Pretty sure Frost is ready to come back in. So, you just do that. Pretty simple. Like yeah. for like. CJ's also ready to come back in. And based off what I said about Bramble, I think you just make that swap and you yeah. just give CJ a go. And I feel like Wardy needs to just come back and have a block, a block of games. Who's it coming out for? <sighs> That's a thing. And I don't, I don't like this omission. 
Because he doesn't deserve to be admitted. But I think we might put Wardy as sub for Cam. Interesting. I thought Cam was very good. I thought he was very he good on. when he came on. I, I there's I literally don't have a reason just for exposure. dropping Cam. Just I don't see who else you drop. It's a fair point. Unless we go one ruck, drop Rees, but we're going up against Jared Witts that we probably need the two. Look, I can't really disagree with you. Because, like, I, I, I'm going to say, oh, I really want to kick Cam McKenzie in. And I love Wardy. You know how much I love Wardy. Yeah. But I don't know. It's a really tough one because I, you're right. Like, we have too many mids playing right now. So it's going to have to be a midfielder. And obviously, C-Mac, uh, Cam McKenzie is the obvious choice because he was a sub. And Scrimshaw can't go out because um, Sis is out. They should put Wardy in for Bramble and play him off halfback slash wing because Bramble sort of was playing both wing and halfback and they can probably rotate a couple of players in. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I don't know about CJ coming back in. I'm going to make a big call there. I don't, I don't think CJ's been good well, at all this I, year. I reckon, he, I reckon he deserves a stint at Box Hill as well. I just thought yeah. Why not? fit player, bring him it's back. It's too fumbly for me. If I he's agree. Both, like, honestly, since he's been gone... I haven't missed him one bit. That's harsh because I know CJ has a good and form. It's funny you say that we're mid-season. We don't have a Wardy, CJ, Wingard. Wardy I kind of miss, but CJ and Wingard just need a few stints of Box Hill. I really want it to work out for Chad. Me too. I am a Chad me, me lover. Too, like, yeah. A lot of people can't have, have already lost the plot with him. Have, always, have already just They just don't like him. And I, I'm, I'm a Chad fan, and mm. I feel like he can still add something to our side. I'm the same, but the only one I can think of that you take out for him is Butler. Yeah, and, and you don't want to jeopardise a young spot. Oh, I'd feel bad to take out yeah. Butler because I think he's starting to show something. I mean, he kicked a wonderful goal last well, game. Butler kicked two. Brocky didn't kick either, any, but he, Brocky was also yeah, very good. Yeah, I was going to mention Brocky before. I'll just briefly mention yeah, him Yeah, you now. can. Go back. I really want to see him be a bit more unselfish because I think he's got this like really good mercurial talent similar to C-Mac, and I feel like he passes it a lot of hesitates, and you I just want to see him go for goal. I'm going to disagree with you only because I just don't think it's that. I don't think it's the unselfishness like I want to see him kick goals I actually am blaming everyone else I don't think we use Brocky enough I feel like there's times where Brocky's available and he's there and we could be using him and the yeah. one time we did use him I think C-Mac might have chipped it to him in the pocket and he went the drop punt and it hit the post Right. but they're the talents he has like he missed the goal but to go the drop punt from where he was and to, to kick the, he flushed it Unfortunately, he hit the post. He just got so much skill. Yeah. I feel like we just don't use him enough. He has to play, though. That, yeah, that, that talent is unmatched in our team, and it kind of reminds you a bit of the Cyril days, to be honest with you, when I see I that know. 33 on his back. So. He's the only player we have that yeah. has those sort of talents. So, Chad the Enigma, because I can't I, I can't imagine him playing next year if he can't get some more games under his belt well, this year and turn his form around. It was mentioned today that we're into Jake Riccardi, and do you remember a few seasons ago where we tried to fish off Chad, or GWS wanted Chad Wingard, and I think it might have been for Bobby Hill or and that was something Bruce, like wasn't that. I think it was originally Bruce, and then it became Chad and whatever. I wouldn't be against Chad going up there and us getting Jake Riccardi. Might, might be a good fits trade. A, I mean, look, Chad doesn't fit our age profile right now we really need. And honestly, it's another one of those players where since he's been out, even though we locked him into starting 22 at the start of the year, our team's been better without CJ, Yeah, uh, Chad. So would you trade Somebody. CJ as well? Oh, I'd look at his value. Definitely, yeah, I, I would consider around. it. I'm not like I'm not going to say trade CJ because he's had some great years at Hawthorne and he's a very exciting young talent and he's young and and we have to leave it at that because I remember 
a couple of years ago we were critical of CJ and then he had some breakout breakout season in 2021. Probably didn't play to his full capacity last year. But he's got the skills. I don't know if back maybe suits him because he's so fumbly with the ball and it, uh, he worries me when he's around, especially if the ball's at ground level. I want him on the outside. I'd love him sort of on that wing sort of area, even maybe trials of forward, but I don't know. Right now, I just can't fit all these plays. It's a good problem to have. We've got depth and our VFL team beat second ladder. So we're, we're, we're flying in terms of depth right now. We just need those A-grade talents to really step up so people can solidify their spots. We may have depth, but I'm worried for this weekend. We're coming Definitely. off a bye. We haven't travelled well. It's location. Yeah. Last year we went up there and we got smoked. No, we got smoked by them in Darwin, but same same deal. Northern same deal. northern states that are all humid That's and hot. It. We don't play up the northern states too often, but when we do go up there, we don't normally have a good time. Gold Coast were poor against Carlton. They, they were. They played were one good quarter, which was the first. And I actually thought they were going to kick 10 straight in the second and run away with it. They didn't. Carlton turned it on for probably the first time this season, to be honest, um, and ran away with it. But uh, I think, you know how coming into the Port game, who obviously a very different team to Gold Coast, absolutely flying. And I'm like, they've got Rosie, they've got Butters, they've got Horn Francis, they've got a young mid that will trouble us. I think it, it, it's similar with Real. And uh, Anderson and, and the guys they've got running around, Humphrey, the guys they've got yeah. running around in the midfield. They don't have Took Miller at the moment, but they got Wits, a great Ruckman, that I feel like we're going to have similar issues. Like their mm. Gold Coast and Port and mids like that are the midfields that we struggle against. And obviously with Sicily out, they've got Casbolt, King, and Lacocious in the forward line. They're three guys that can mark a ball. Pretty well. Like, Casbolt's one of the best marks in the comp. King's obviously, we know what he can do, and Lukosius has been right. probably their most informed forward. Yeah. So, and then they got some dangerous players, but look, if we're going to look at a blueprint and how to beat them, let's look at the last game because they got smoked by well, Carlton, a, a really out of form team. I like how I said blueprint because there is literally one thing that we need to do, and that's bring pressure. Now, Carlton yeah. had 70 tackles for the game, which I think that is their highest of the season. There you go. Um, they had a really high pressure rating, and, and that came from the second quarter onwards. So I feel like if we bring a really nice level of pressure, we can beat them. It's just hard to say when a team gets smashed and then they come back to their home deck and we're coming off a yeah. bye. And I don't think, I think only one team this season has won off the bye. That was St. Kilda. Which yeah. was St. Kilda. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we're going to struggle. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, well, I know we didn't even go on the stats last game, but we had some things to show. Our ball movement's really improving, right? Yeah. So, obviously, the handball happy Hawks. We had over 100 uncontested possessions in that game, which is really interesting. I spoke a lot at the start of the year about my distaste and our ability to get the ball inside 50, but that fortune's turned around. We're getting the ball in there a lot. I mean, we had 62 entries last game to 46. Yeah. So, we comprehensively won the, won the movement battle. I just want to see us pepper their goal like crazy Gold Coast because I don't know if they have the strongest defence ever. They've got Ballard and Collins that are their key tools. Powell's a pretty good lockdown but I probably don't rate too many of well, them. managed to smash him out of the water in yeah. there. So, yeah, see if we can get it in there as much as we can would be nice. Do you have a player to watch? Or I anything do. you want to say before we get to the towards the end? Um, let me have a look here. I actually liked last game. I'm sorry, I'm going to step back again. That's but fine. We're going to go back and forth. I actually There's feel no like we're turning the ball over a lot less with that handball game. I yeah. love this handball game. I, I actually love moving by hands. I think you get the overlap much easier. You get the run, the excitement, the drive forward. When you kick it long, it's leaving up the chance a lot of the time and to get numbers at the contest and all this other stuff. And, and it requires a high level of skill, which our players don't really quite have yet. But we only had 58 turnovers for the day last game yeah. to 77. 
You know, you know why, Matt? Is I don't think Brisbane brought great pressure. No, they didn't. I would love to see how this game plan works when there's just pressure, 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 pressure. And I remember what, like start, against, what, against Port. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So even at the start of the season, we can't really compare because the game plan was even a little bit different. Then I remember that Sydney game; they just brought this pressure, and we were trying to do positive things, but it would just be shut down. So if a team brings pressure. And if Gold Coast bring it to us, then then we could be in serious trouble. I guess that's any team with any game style, isn't it? You know, yeah. pressure negates the opposition's game plan very well because, you know, your decision-making and skill yeah. is really hampered. But I'm actually struggling to get really a read on where we're going right now or how we're going because we've won three out of our last four games. But the yeah. one team we lost to was Port at home and Port is smoking everyone else right now as well, not just Hawthorne. That's it. They smoked Geelong. And, we only, and they only got, like, really one half on us at, as comprehensive as it was. Yeah. It's really interesting to see actually how Hawthorne are. I'm really, I, I am going into this game more negative because if I remember what happened last year in Gold Coast, and I just don't think we really match up really well on them generally. Yeah, well, the last time we played them, we actually beat them. That was our last win of last year in Tassie. But they That's right. Us. But we beat everyone in Tassie. Yeah, that's it. So Tassie's a different game. Point, but anyway. Um, so, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know where we sit right now. I'm interested. I'm intrigued to see how we're going to go in the next period of time. Obviously, this is also another enigma, which we mentioned before, was Sicily out. I mean, we're going to look vulnerable. Our defense is a bit leaky. I think that's, that's given. They actually, Brisbane actually had a higher scoring efficiency than us in the end. Yeah. Which shows how leaky our defense was, especially from clear, um, like stoppages. Yeah, that's one thing we noticed during the game is every time it was thrown in or balled up, we saw Brisbane just find a way to get a shot at goal yeah, or snap look dangerous yeah. around. They get some uncontested possessions in their own forward line. Um, so interesting to see. Obviously, I'm pretty sure the coaches would have picked up on that. And that's um, my key to winning yeah. is to be less leaky. Less leaky. Well, I mean, that yeah, it's almost like saying let's kick more goals on them. But yeah, yeah, but let's let's get those that that efficiency down. We're not looking around 50. percent Well, that's right. And we've heard Sam Mitchell talk about is our midfield's good, our offense is good. Let's focus coming on along. Our it's coming along. Now we just need Even to. Even Cosie managed to get three goals. Yeah. Now we just need to focus on our defense. That's I right. think that's one thing we really need to focus on. Um, who is your player to watch? Player to watch is Dylan Moore. Oh, yeah. Well, he's a good player to watch, isn't he? And he has been the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think this, this ground might see mid, this hot, humid. I reckon it's going to be a bit of a scrabbly game. Um, Dylan Moore's big building. And I was really surprised at the start of the year how maybe average he was playing. But these last few weeks, he's been going really well. I, I want him to kick a bag is what I'm looking for. I'm looking at four to five goals. Do you know what my issue with Dylan Moore is? What? And it, it's, it's a weird thing to say. And it, it's something that some of our listeners are going to be like, wait, what do you mean? I feel like he tries too hard. Oh, definitely. 100%. I mean, he's a, I think Josh Ward's in the same boat. And sometimes when you try too hard, and you anyone that's played sport at any level would realise, the minute you try too hard, it just doesn't really come together. And I feel like he's just been doing that. I feel like carrying that leadership role and stuff, he's just trying to do everything he can. But on the other hand, I think if you have amazing work ethic... And you try hard. Which he does. The tide turns for you after a while. And it's and happening it with him now, right? Yeah. Because we never, ever questioned his work rate when he was playing average. And then, voila, the tide turned for him. So, Dylan Moore's my player to watch. Mine's interesting. I'm yeah. going with... <laughs> How left of field are you going with this one? This is going? James pretty... Blank or something? It's not James Blank. who's was actually really good despite getting four disposals. I thought he was absolutely brilliant against yeah. Brisbane. Gone Kaczynski. Oh, he's he's someone, and I mentioned this guy a few times this pod, but obviously I said that today we were expressing interest in 
to Jake Riccardi, and it might end up being Mitch Georgiades or a type of player like that, which is a secondary forward. Now, Cosie's playing for his career. Yeah. yeah. At Hawthorne, at least. Well, yeah, at Hawthorne. And I feel like he's actually been fucking great the last few weeks. Well, yeah, he kicked three last he's, week. He's been, and not even and when he's sealer. not kicking goals, he's been really competitive. And it's a different sort of cosy. I think he does play better, obviously, as that secondary forward. Definitely. Mitch Lewis's influence has been so great So, obviously, at the start of the season when Mitch Lewis wasn't in, he got exposed pretty badly. But him and Mitch Lewis do know how to play together. And Cozzy's been playing, has been better for it. He hasn't forced to play ruck this year like he had last right. year and things like that. But I've really liked what I've seen from him. Now what Cozzy has to do in the second half of the season or after the bye for the rest of the year is, is just show the same. Mm. And I think this, this is a sort of game where he could get three to four goals again. And he, I don't care. I'm not saying, oh, Cozzy, go out there, kick eight. This is the play to watch. I'm going, Cozzy, can you just do what you did last week or the week before, the week before? That's right. A bit more consistent. Great and call. He's becoming consistent. As we've seen the last couple of weeks, he, since he's come back into the side, he's been pretty consistent. Keep that going. That's all I'm asking for play to watch. I, I, it's not even kick three. Kick a few and compete like you have been doing, create chances. You remember that knock-on he did, and I think it resulted in a Bruce goal early in the third quarter. Yeah, when Bruce snapped And it, it got cleared out, and Cosy just put a little touch in. That's right. If he yeah. doesn't put... He if he just packs well. If, if he doesn't create that contest, uh, Stasevic or, or Andrews or Payne, whoever was on him, marks that, and it gets turned over, it goes down the other end, whatever. So Cosy creates a contest, ends up in a goal. Just I'm just literally asking for that. I really like how you mentioned him because I, I reckon when we do bad, he's sort of public enemy number one. Yeah, he's whipping a whipping boy. boy because right. he does things that frustrate us. He, he's not all there sometimes, doesn't have both orders. I'll say in. this, his marking has improved loads. Yeah. Because one of the big knocks we had is a bit of Tim O'Brien about him, this ping pong paddle of hands that he goes up with and drops easy, well, it pat, was always, easy marks. It was always does one but not the other. He'd either... Uh, mark a really good one and then lean back on his kicks and not kick Sorry, the goal. He still leans back a bit, yeah. And he's improved that a little bit. But lately, we've seen him mark and kick truly. And if he can just keep doing that and be consistent, and kick goals, then that's what we—that's literally the job of a secondary forward, isn't it? Kick, kicks two big goals in the last few weeks. Kick that yeah. one against Saints, which is a really pressure and kick. And almost from much a before similar that. position kick. The goal square mark, I mean, he had, oh, he had the outmatch too, yeah. on McKenna, but it was still an important stage of the game, and he had to hold on to that and kick that goal. Well, I had a bit of PTSD watching that live because I remember a few years ago against Carlton, he marked one in the goal square um, and played on, and I think got tackled straight away. Right. Okay. I don't remember the particular moment, but I, I'm sure you're right. It was the same goal square, and I was sitting near the Carlton Cheer squad that day. I'm like, oh, gee. So when he marked that, he played on to kick, and I'm like, oh, don't do that again. Just go back and kick the goal. But yeah. Watching it on replay, you could have easily played on and kicked it 40 rows back. Um, what yeah, are you, what are your thought on Cos- thoughts on Cozzy being like his future? Because I, I think the notion I'm getting from a lot of Hawks fans online that I've spoken to is that Cozzy's doing enough right now to stay in this team and get a spot, but he's not going to be a future premiership key forward. Yeah, I kind of see that. I feel like... Will he become depth or can he can he become that player? He's just William someone Brady? that I don't really see his ceiling being much higher than this, but we said that about Mitch Lewis a few That's years right, ago. That's right, we did too. So it's one of those you just don't know. I don't think he's as smart as a footballer as some others, which probably is a knock on him. Yeah. Um, But... Yeah, I 
I feel like he has some sort of currency where he's pretty replaceable and we could get in someone better. And, and obviously, I mentioned Riccardi, Giorgiardi's, those types that are probably on the outer of their clubs. They're unsigned with their respective clubs that at the moment, I would have more faith in those guys coming into our side and doing a role yeah. instead of Cozzy. Okay. But... I'm coming more around to Cozzy the last few weeks, how I've seen his performances, because literally if he performs like that, that's AFL standard performances. That's right. That's helping us win games, and we have been winning games apart from, obviously, the Port Blunder a few weeks ago. He's definitely important right now because our lack of depth in that position is startling. I mean, he's sort of keeping Fergus Green out of the side, but he's a third tall. And then we've got Jekka, who I don't think's really done anything since came back from injury. Yeah, his papers are all but stamped for mine. Yeah, there's a few players. Well, we'll obviously get into that, you know, soonish. Yeah. You know. Uh, what's your tip for this game? Gold Coast by forty plus. Wow. Yeah, Smash I've gone, gone big. I, I think we're still prone to these sort of games. Oh, definitely, definitely um, prone to them. I just they haven't been yet. they haven't been buried. I feel like coming off the bye, traveling where we haven't we I remember we got killed in Perth, we got killed in Sydney, um, we've just been killed on the road everywhere. But Tassie, You're right, we have. Um, I just feel like coming off a bye, we might be a bit sluggish against a side that will be licking their wounds after a pretty shitty defeat against Carlton. I mean, look, I, you know, I've, I've tipped Gold Coast by 20. Yeah. But, geez, 40 plus by 40 a team plus. that just got smashed by Carlton. Yeah, who we have the week after that, which yeah. I'm fucking confident for whatever reason. Oh, yeah? Yeah. See, Sicily, just, Sicily's absence just worries me a lot now. Yeah, for, for all the games coming Even up. the Giants playing pretty good footy now as well. And yeah. I, I think we could really lose all three without Sicily. But I don't think we're going to get smashed. And look, who knows? Because as I said, I can't get good read on us right now because the only match we've lost recently was against Port, who yeah, haven't and, lost at all. And some of those wins, obviously, West Coast, or as bad as they were, was a massive one. But then but that was Kilda, that was a big one. Like, yeah. I know people write off West Coast because we played a waffle team, but we still comprehensively smashed them. Uh, it's a good point to bring up now because it's been a few weeks that have passed. But they've lost since... Obviously, they had a real, a, even bigger loss against Adelaide, who are a better side than us, but... Against Essendon. Essendon only beat him by 50 points. Collingwood only beat him by That's right. a, 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 around the same margin, but took him to the last quarter to put their foot down. So there's good sides playing West Coast that aren't doing a lot of damage on them or enough damage of what they should be due to the state of their Which, which points to it, like what we spoke about before, the potency of our forwards. Like, we, we, we have a really good ball movement right now. It's our defense that worries me. When we play a good team and they put us on the back foot, and as Mitchell said in his press conference, when we sort of go down on scoreboard pressure, that's sort of it for us, and it can get out to a lot of goals at once. The good news is we got on top of Brisbane decently early and we're sort of goal for goal for goal. We stuck in there when it mattered, and then when it was our time to go, we went in that third quarter, we blitzed them. And from then, I didn't really have too much qualms that we are going to not win that game. Yeah. Well... Let's hope we come back here after a win. If we win, we'll probably record on the Sunday night and be all happy and it'll be happy days. But before then, where can you find us? Yeah, you can find us on all the major social media platforms. I think we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram right now. Yeah, all the three. And if you want to find us on a podcasting hosting platform. Literally all of them. Spotify, yeah. Amazon, Google. Apple Pods. Apple. I think that's the main one right now. And uh, Yeah. Yeah, so thanks, thanks guys for joining us all this week. So we know we've been a bit more inconsistent these last couple of weeks with recording due to a bit of illness and also due to the week off we decided to record this uh, today. But we're going to be a bit more consistent now. Absolutely. All right. Go well, Hawks. Go the Hawks. Go the Hawks.